Welcome to the perfume room. I am not wearing any fragrance today, and in fact, I'm going to jump straight in to today's episode. Now, to call what I'm about to say today's perfume juice feels a little too on the nose, and to say too on the nose also feels too on the nose, but I have received many DMs in the last few weeks asking what my stance is on this new trend on the internet of vabbing, and besides a quick reaction video on TikTok, I have not spoken about it until now because it is actually one of the main topics in today's episode. Today, I am joined by your favorite fashion forecasting TikToker, Mandy Lee, also known as Old Loser in Brooklyn. With over 400,000 followers on TikTok, Old Loser in Brooklyn is everyone's favorite social media personality responsible for predicting and analyzing so many current and future fashion trends, including the ever-beloved indie sleaze, which Mandy undoubtedly played a pivotal role in reviving. Now, Mandy has recently been on the radar of everyone on Perfume Talk for a different reason. Due to a controversial video she posted about vabbing that went viral and subsequently ended up taking on a life of its own, including being covered in news outlets like Rolling Stone, The Cut, Pop Sugar, Daily Mail, The Independent, the list goes on and on and on. Truly, on a side note, it is just bizarre to me what qualifies as news these days. But naturally, it seems like everyone on Perfume Talk had something to say on the matter. Now, I want to pause right here and just say, if you don't know what vabbing is, I will tell you. And also, let this be your heads up of what is to come. This episode is a little more graphic and risque than others, so if that does not appeal to you, I am flagging right now that you might want to skip this one. According to Rolling Stone Mag, can you even believe that I am saying that? Vabbing is the practice of women using their vaginal fluids as a form of makeshift perfume, dabbing it behind their ears and on their wrists in an effort to attract suitors, end quote. Now, after Mandy posted this video about vabbing, she received so many threats and so much negative backlash from it that she actually ended up removing it and has not spoken out publicly about it since. Until now. Mandy gives me the scoop and her personal experience with vabbing, her intentions with the video she made, where she thinks she might have gone wrong, the wide range of public response, and why she ultimately made the choice to take the video down. And do not worry, this is not all we discuss. Mandy shares the backstory of her path to becoming a full-time trend forecaster and content creator, and Mandy also takes us through the most popular aesthetics taking social media by storm from everything including twee to coquette to goblincore to cottagecore, and together we come up with the perfect fragrance for every aesthetic. Again, this episode is super fun, but if you do not want to listen to an episode about vabbing, here's your warning. Skip it. See you next week. And without further ado, here is Old Loser in Brooklyn, aka Mandy Lee. Mandy Lee, welcome to the perfume room. How are you doing today? Hi, Emma. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. It's so um, lovely to have you here. We met in a very roundabout way, which we'll <laughs> we'll get to. Yeah. Um, but now we're sitting in my apartment living our best life and cooling off from this insane heat. Yeah. So I got to ask, are you wearing any perfume today? I am. What are you I wearing? I am. So 
I just kind of recently got into perfume. I had been wearing Glossier U Basic. Love it. For like, I'm not even kidding, like five years. And before that, I think I was wearing Chance by Chance Chanel mm-hmm. um, again for like five years. So over the last like two years, I've been experimenting more. And I'm wearing two perfumes today. Oh. Um, again, I'm still like very basic. Um, but I'm wearing Beach Walk and Under the Lemon Trees. Both bar both are a replica. Yeah. Oh, what a, that's such a good combo for a day like today, I feel. That's the thing I found with kind of starting this like fragrance journey on a more like personal level is I cannot like they, they are seasonal to me. Right. Very like occasion based. And it, it would feel weird to wear a jazz club today. Yeah. Oh, and also it's just like so hot for everyone listening. Yeah. It's probably like 105 degrees out here in New York. It's brutal. Yeah. So I feel like a nice lemon, little sunscreen, beachy vibe yeah. is that's the that's the vibe today. Yeah. OK. And I always rock with Old Spice deodorant. Oh, OK. I, I love that. Th- I think if. I saw this TikTok where it was like, if the temperature is unnaturally high, you need to get rid of your natural deodorant. Mm-hmm. And that made me laugh because I really agree with that. I can, I doesn't matter the weather, like natural deodorant, it has just never really been a thing for me. I, yeah. I had a moment during the, during lockdown where I tried, but also of course it worked. I like didn't do anything. Like I sat inside in air, condi- like it wasn't a good mm-hmm. litmus test. I went through that too. Like around the same time I discovered vabbing, which I'm sure we'll talk about. We'll but talk like, about it. <laughs> I remember I was on wellness Instagram in like 2016 and found like crystal deodorant yeah. and like native, I'm pretty sure, which yeah. does smell really good, but it just doesn't do the job. Yeah. So would you say Glossier U is your signature scent? No, not anymore, but it definitely, for me, marks a time in my life. Um, I think I was just, I wasn't really wearing it as like enjoyment, experimentation, and sort of like an extension of my personal style or like my emotions or whatever. It was just brush my teeth, put on deodorant and perfume and get get out the door type of scent. So definitely not my signature scent anymore. I don't think I've found my signature scent, to be honest. Do you have a signature scent? I don't. I feel, I think I could have had one before I got into perfume as much as I did. Um, But because of this situation that I'm in, things are sent to me so frequently mm-hmm. that I I wouldn't find it like I have so much to wear that I would be sad to only wear one yeah but before I had amassed such a big collection I was really wearing um the Labo Bergamot 22 oh yummy and then Essential Faith which is this like little musk oil that's very comparable to uh Nemot Amber if you know that one but now I have like things for every single yeah. like moment um okay so the third question I always ask every guest, and I, you know, this could lead to the next topic, is do you have a fragrance or scent hot take or controversial opinion? Um, I mean, I feel like people might be surprised by this, but no. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we'll, again, get into it, but I think all my fragrance hot takes are, like, pretty lukewarm, to be honest. Yeah. Um. Actually, no, I do have one. For all the masculine folks out there, get rid of your fucking axe, please. Like, okay, it's that's a hot so, take. Uh, like, it's very much a turnoff because mm. it's like, are you, no offense, but like, are you 16? If you're 16, that's okay. But like, 
when you smell a grown man on the subway wearing like straight up axe, Mm -hmm. it's very off putting Mm -hmm. for me because I just remember like the misogynistic like commercials and shit growing up. And I'm like, that's what you're giving right now. That's your aura. Yeah, I guess. See, I've talked to the people who were like the creators behind Axe. Oh, cool. So I have like a I feel like my I did agree with that. But when I they were trying to essentially revolutionize like the way that young boys experienced fragrance because all they knew was like speed stick. Mm. And this was like a gateway to say like you're 12, like like fragrance is important. But I think it was weaponized with our generation. And like it was like, you know, you would like axe bomb somebody's locker, like spray it everywhere. (laughs) Like just like the worst. I'm coming to terms with my feelings on axe because I have like middle school trauma associated. Yeah, no, totally. But then I'm also like what it did was like it was the gateway for so many people to experience scent that led them into like getting into more designer and niche fragrance. So I I don't know. It's more of the marketing association mm-hmm. and less about the smell for right. me, I guess. Right. But were you wearing any other fragrances in your tweet? Like, were you doing the body splashes and all of that? Oh, all the basic, literally all the basic stuff. Like, we got Britney Spears. We got yeah. the Curious, the Paris Hilton and like the sexy purple bottle. I know the one. Oof. Yeah. That was rough. Uh I did like DKNY, the apple one. Be delicious. That was yummy. That was one of my first ever scents. Yeah. And it was like, I remember smelling that and I was like, and you curious. could smell like this? Yeah. No, no, no. Shit. Uh, was it Hap Clinique? Clinique Happy. That was, yes. Yeah. Like going to, um, not Marshall's. Macy's? Macy's. Yeah. Going to the Macy's fragrance section. And just smelling them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I grew up, like I, I work in fashion, so I grew up with fashion magazines and you'd pull out the little inserts of like the yeah yeah. take them to the mall compare like it was a time where did you grow up I grew up in New England like a really rural town in New England Rhode Island so what were like the smells of your childhood I grew up in Connecticut so you know New England what's up Wyatt too Mm -hmm. um cool what were the smells of your childhood so like I guess what I think of where I grew up it's not like I don't consider it like the quintessential New England town. Mm -hmm. Um, It was much more rural. I I would even say conservative leaning. Haven't been back in almost four years. But I would say it was much more rural. So as far as like fragrances, I really think everyone was just wearing what was at the mall. Right. If that even like you were even lucky, like maybe some Victoria's Secret body spray. Right. but there was no, I mean, definitely, I don't really know any, maybe now because of like TikTok and Instagram, but like, I didn't really know any adolescents like going all in on like fragrance or like Lolabo or Dipty yeah. or anything like that. Well, I think that's also just like a product of like being a child of TikTok. Like mm-hmm. we only knew what the people in our town knew. Like it was even, I mean, I guess in middle school there was like the internet and, but that was really more for like AI. Like I wasn't yeah, using right. the internet to like source what teenagers across state lines were doing versus now exactly. you can go on TikTok and be like, Oh, this is how I should do my eyeliner. This is this aesthetic. This mm-hmm. is how the people that I think are cool dress. Like, right. It's more like what is the coolest person on the internet doing instead of like, you know, what are the people I think are cool who are around me right. doing? Right. Right. Um, there's really no, 
there's really I feel like none of that anymore. But again, I'm so far removed to what's going on in like high school. Right. Um, that it's like it feels weird to even like try to put, to put myself into that perspective. Right. What were you like in high school? I'll, I'll be honest. All I wanted to do was go to concerts, go to shows. Um, I didn't drink in high school. I smoked weed. Um, all I wanted to do was like go on Tumblr and go to shows. That was like me and my friend's life. And we had like a, a mixed friend group. Like it was half boys, half girls. There was no incestuous. It's so funny because my partner has like the opposite. Like he has the same type of friend group from high school, but they were all like having sex with each other and mine were not doing that. Like it was very innocent and wholesome, like very innocent um, my mom like didn't believe me years later when I was like, mom, I, I literally was not drinking in right. high school. And she's like, sure, sure you weren't. But it's like that, that is actually the truth. Right. <laughs> like, You're like, sorry, you were doing yeah. cooler things than I was, but like, I didn't. Yeah. No, like I was very innocent, I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And was this fashion like, were you very fashionable in high school? Like, when did fashion really become something that you thought about every single day consciously in your life? So I think my introduction, kind of tying back to that last question, was Tumblr to fashion. Mm -hmm. Like, I was exposed to this whole new world of expression. And at this time, lookbook.nu was becoming a thing. Mm. Um, very early days of fashion blogs were kind of happening around this time like tw 2009 2010 for context um rookie mag man repeller like that's what i grew up with mm -hmm. it it's a, it was such a stark contrast to growing up because we really just had the mall right i i mean i had always subscribed to like teen vogue l girl uh all of all of those i was obsessed with mm -hmm. but i i wouldn't say i had access to how I wanted to dress until my mid twenties. Easy. Like mm -hmm. I was just trying to survive for a long time, trying to like get a job, like try to be stable. And I didn't start buying things that I wanted until much later in life. I was always like a thrift, like a thrift gal mm -hmm. before thrifting was like a cool, fun thing to do when I, when I, we were about the same age. So like, mm -hmm. I feel like when we were growing up, it was very like looked down upon like elitist attitude towards folks who were going to the thrift store. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very glad that that has changed over right. time, but that's kind of like how I would describe my sort of like budding interests. It's mm -hmm. always definitely been there, but I did not have the resources or the money to, invest in my style until much later mm -hmm. down the road. Well, I was even just looking at your Instagram story this afternoon and you were talking about like that you used to be in corporate America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you start your career in fashion? When did this come about and what was your time in corporate America like? So I went to school in Boston and I really hated college. Like I, well, no, I should, I hated the academic part of college. Mm -hmm. I had so much, too much fun um, like socially in college. And again, I, all I wanted to do was go see shows, hang out with my friends, drink beer in the park. Like I was a good student, but I, I didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. So I was a bit like short sighted on what I wanted to do. I, I really, I'll be honest. I really didn't have like goals or aspirations. Like I knew I wanted to work in fashion one day, but again, like my upbringing, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Um, my, I, I got cut off 
like financially when I was probably 19. Mm -hmm. So I had always had a job and my main goal was just to sort of like survive, Mm -hmm. right? Like got to pay my rent, got to buy food. I need to like prioritize this part of my life. So I, I started my first job after graduating. I was working at a local magazine writing like little lifestyle pieces part-time I was barely making any money Mm -hmm. like it was it was bad I was like I I don't know how I can like do this another month so I got a job you know it feels like I I was a sellout but I feel like a lot this is like a lot of people's realities when they have no safety net like you have to go get a shitty job right um so I went to a tech company in Boston in customer service and then like two months later it was just to get my foot in the door because I, I feel like when you sort of work at like a larger company with so many different departments that's growing rapidly, you will be able to have a chance to move laterally. Right. So I applied like two months later to an analyst position um, in product. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it all started. Like I've always been in analytics, data planning. Mm-hmm. And then from that, from that job, I moved into beauty and had been working in beauty for four years before going into fashion. And beauty for me was like a launching pad. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I can get experience in this particular industry mm-hmm. and build my skill set, I, I know I can move laterally into fashion. Yeah. So you were saying when you worked in beauty, you were specifically in hair care, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So what did you do? Let's see. I've had three job three jobs total in beauty. My first was I was a planner, so I would look at sales trends and f- basically forecast mm-hmm. out what categories were performing well, what I would recommend to discontinue, sort of like portfolio analysis and making sure like the products that were getting marketed to, we had enough inventory, we had it in the right places, mm-hmm. um, kind of playing around with that. But then I got really good at that job that I was acting more as a consultant for the marketing team Mm -hmm. that I got promoted to doing um, product marketing. Mm. That job was so fun. Oh my God. That was like my, that was the job I had before COVID Mm -hmm. Um, same company. And I, I really loved that job because I was getting to look at future insights Mm -hmm. um, and basically figure out like what consumers were starting to ask Google about and ask like their peers about what buzzwords were trending essentially. And that got me so interested in just more deeper forecasting. And in that job too, I got to actually make recommendations about what products we should make next. Right. It was so much fun. And then sadly we got laid off because of COVID and that's when, you know, my life kind of, changed. I got another job in beauty, ter- most terrible job I've ever had. It was at more of a e-com company. There was no creativity. The middle management, like I got, I, I got hired as a senior manager and got treated as like a coordinator. Yeah. It was like, they found out about my TikTok very early on. And at that point, I, I don't even think I had 200K on TikTok yet, but they were like, as soon as they found out that I had like another thing I was doing, they really just made my life fucking miserable. They um, should celebrate this that they have someone 
who is an insider for them that has access to so much consumer insights and trend setting and forecasting. Yeah, no, I mean, I even offered my platform to the social team wanted nothing to do with it. That's so Uh, dumb. They probably are kicking themselves now. I mean, you have three. How many followers do you have? Almost 400 K. That's insane. And what was that like for you as this like following amassed and like, do you get recognized? Like what is it? What is that been like for you? I get recognized mostly in Manhattan because I I live in Brooklyn and I don't live in uh, Williamsburg. So it's not like I leave my house and get recognized in my neighborhood. Like I never I don't know, like I never really expected to have a following. And I don't know that I consider myself an influencer. I think my ideas and conversations do influence people. But like I'm not out here slinging Amazon storefront stuff like that's not really my deal but I do understand like sometimes my voice has weight and I do like influence things but in in real life I am such a private person I I will not tag my partner Mm -hmm. on social I will not show my friends who don't do social media on Mm -hmm. social even my friends who are also influencers I'm very hesitant to posts with them just again for like privacy concerns I don't use my real name I really value my privacy and I think that's very contradictory to being an online person yeah for sure um I still struggle with like what the hell am I doing Mm -hmm. being vulnerable and like all that shit and then you know I don't know It's it's tough it's it's like a mind fuck too, because like before this, I had like maybe 500 followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And before that, like I had a big Tumblr following, but you are, you can be as private right. as you want on, on Tumblr. That's just how it was. But you, there's really no hiding. Like you can't be real. You really can't be anonymous right. and have a, a, a platform right now. Right. It's very hard to do. Well, going back to one of the first questions I asked, which was, do you have any fragrance controversial opinions? This one didn't come up, Mm -hmm. but, you know, speaking of all of this, you posted a video recently about vabbing. And for better or for worse, you like open Pandora's box on the internet. And it's become, you know, it was something that like uh, my little niche corner of TikTok, of, or not little, it's, it's grown too, but per- perfume talk, like I kept getting messages being like, you need to, have you addressed this yet? Like, cause people were like, well, perfume talk should weigh in mm-hmm. on like this thing. Um, so actually what happened, how I got connected to you is like, I made a quick reaction video where I was like glitching and like twitching my <laughs> eye, like watching it. And for the backlash, as much as you've received some backlash, which we'll get into, you've also received some support and some people who follow your page and mine were commenting being like, I love her, like, don't come for her or, or they're like, I didn't agree with this opinion, but I love her. Like she, you, you two are my favorite creators, whatever. And then I was like, I didn't even, I didn't know your, I just like saw that video. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, well, who's paid, who did I just like duet or like, uh, whatever. And I went to your page and then I was like, wait, I love this girl. And then I was like, wait, I need to like, I don't want, I don't want you to think that I was like dissing you. No, no, please. It it comes with the, it comes with the territory. territory. But I was like, also, I just was like, I love your content. I thought your stitch was funny, to be honest. um, Hey, you know what? I'm glad you enjoyed it. (laughs) I did enjoy it. Uh, But you know, I never, I, I was like, this girl's like so cool. I got to talk to her. And then I was like, let's talk about like what 
happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, because before you came over, Wyatt and I were just like, I was on Google, like looking up history of vabbing, like just like seeing if we could find like back to the Victorian period. And then like all these articles come up. It's like TikTok's telling you you need to vab. And it's like TikTok is, you. It, I feel like it started with you. I actually had seen a few other videos about it, but I, I what drove me to make that video was I was actually getting ads for pheromone perfume. I've been served them. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, again, people who have never seen my videos would never know this, mm-hmm. but a lot of what I talk about and infuse in my regular like fashion content commentary is to sort of like shop mindfully and purchase things with a mindful longevity eye Mm -hmm. and like also being um like media literate like understand what you're consuming and like don't like take it with a grain of salt basically and that really pissed me off because it's just a marketing tactic like these like brands are using like animal pheromones and like thinking that it's gonna like do the same thing as you know smelling somebody's sweat that you're compatible with mm-hmm. um so that's actually like why i made the video and i had seen other people talking i don't know if they called it vabbing i think it was actually the word that sort of like made my vi- video take off amongst other things but i think the word is pretty catchy to be honest yeah but um yeah, it's so funny because it was up for like a month and a half until it really got like uh, the media picked it up. Right. Ew, the media. That sounds so the gross. The media but like, picked it up. <laughs> no, the, the cut wrote about it and then right. it was all downhill from there basically. Yeah. Wow, are you loving this episode? It's so juicy. Okay, sorry, I couldn't help myself with that one. But as of today, Monday, August 8th, there are only 10 spots left in this month's Smell Club. Registration is open now through August 20th, and this will sell out. So if you don't know what Smell Club is, let me tell you, if you've ever listened to Perfume Room just wishing that you could smell along, you will love Smell Club because it is an extension of the pod, a fraghead community, if you will, that meets monthly virtually. Think book club, but for niche fragrance. Each month, I pick a new theme and I curate five scents within said theme. We meet and smell them together and talk and discuss. It's fun, it's fragrant, it's always a good hang. You meet new friends, and more often than not, I apologize to your wallets, you discover new favorite perfumes. As I mentioned, the August theme is Rose, which is one of my personal favorite perfume notes, and one that I think is often misunderstood, because Rose has range. My goal this month is to show you just how many different directions a rose-dominant fragrance can take. And of course, I am biased, but the five fragrances in this month's sample pack are just excellent. So here is what we're smelling. Le Liquide Imaginaire d'Amrosa, Lubin Grisette, Essential Parfum, Rose Magnetic, Diptyque Au Capital, and Penhaligon's Cairo. Registration and sample packs are sold separately. The total cost is $35 plus any shipping or tax. If you have any questions, you can DM me. And if you want to sign up, just click the link in my bio. It is the first two links. Can't wait to see you there. I actually thought that it was pretty common knowledge because again, like a few years ago, I heard about it first on Secret Keepers I podcast. I literally listened to that same episode. Yeah. And I heard it with Carly Aquilina and Emma Willman, right? Yeah. And I, I heard them talk about it as well. I mean, I've always been a, a podcast girl. And, yeah. And that was like the talk of the town in a 
good way yeah. uh, years ago. Um, so I kind of thought it was like old news and my video was more conveying like this animal pheromone shit that you can buy is bullshit. Right. Like I, I do understand how that was definitely lost. But yeah, it's been interesting. It's so funny too because like me on a personal level, I think I've babbed a total of two times, and, and what, it was what, right to, after for everyone that listening, episode. Can you explain what the act of babbing is? Okay, so basically, the the uh, school of thought is you're like if you ever smell your partner and they're not wearing like deodorant and they're like sweaty and should smell gross to somebody else, you find it really sexy, right? Because you guys are compatible. There's like right. sexual compatibility and like mutual attraction there. Right. They smell good to you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the same idea, but mm-hmm. you're just using like your pheromones, mm-hmm. which, and I'm not like, this is what the conversation has gone like completely off the rails where people are like, I can't believe you're covering yourself up in pussy juice. <laughs> and it's like, it's, you take a little finger, like you, the top of your finger, and you put it one dab behind your ear, a dot. Yeah. Like, so I don't, I don't know, like, but I've also avoided reading a lot of things and watching things because um, it was getting like really dark. Like, I've gotten death threats. Um, Which you, is insane to me. I mean, it's not, I'll be honest, it's not the first time. But it is the first time I can understand it. I do get, like, I, I do get it. I get it. Um, I'm generally embarrassed, uh, mostly because, like, my platform has literally nothing to do. Right. That's not with even that. your, your content um, niche or whatever. No, I <laughs> was just feeling um, like an agent of chaos that day, I guess. But yeah, yeah no, I'm, yeah, it was probably a mistake. But I also like feel like TikTok is not the place to have these conversations. You got critiques that people were saying that it was like assault. I got one comment saying that. And then after I got that comment, I took the video down. Right. Because no matter how like chronically online that may have been, I'm not comfortable with that whatsoever. Right. What's like, no, it's not. It's not even worth it. Right. mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Dang. And also it's wild because all this was is in response to the idea of pheromone oils being a hack and like do it DIY. Don't do pheromones. Right. Versus like I, I stand babbing. This is my truth. More just like, why are you getting pheromone oils on the internet? People think that it's like a daily thing. And it's like, I did it twice, like years ago. And did you have results from the times you did it? Hell yeah. Okay. So it it did work for you. Maybe I should have tried it more to like say that but yeah but I also think that there's like a lot of it is probably placebo yeah because it's like your sexy secret and maybe it like adds a boost of confidence or like you can pick up on somebody else's energy a little more easy like feeling like you have this like secret weapon almost what is also funny is some of the people listening some of your favorite tiktokers have reached out to me saying they tried it and it worked for them um there people just like aren't talking about it but like right. I guarantee like some of your favorite t- tiktokers um are doing it or have done it and I know but 
I'm not going to tell. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to name names. I've been targeted pheromone ads before, mm-hmm. and people were asking me to try them and whatever. And so one time I did order them just to, for more for just like the content of it mm-hmm. of like, what can I tell my followers who want to know about like these pheromones off the internet? Are they good? Or are they not? And um, they're not like what I got smelled like a watermelon lip gloss that you win at an arcade. Really? Yeah. And also, like, aside from that, I've had other people on the podcast who have like worked in the field of pheromones or are familiar with them. And essentially what I've been told, and I I should do my own Mm -hmm. research, is that the only pheromones that have been known and extracted in any sort of oil form come from pigs. Yeah. No, I've heard that too. There aren't like human pheromones on the market. Yeah. And I'm not trying to like shit on small businesses or anything like that. Like that really, it's for me, it was more like like this is what the inspiration is right like behind all pheromone perfumes the inspiration in my opinion is vabbing right like why else would you why else would you like want to make something or wear something like Mm -hmm. that's for the same reason you would vab and it doesn't have to be like that's the thing is like i've heard a couple um like different schools of thought right where it's like this one famous study um where people with like opposing immune systems, which genetically speaking is like what will create a healthier baby Hmm. smell better to each other. So like, again, not a scientist, not a doctor, but I guess it's like a very popular um, study that they teach in like, I don't know, biology 101 or something like that. Um, So I thought that was really interesting um, because I think it's sort of the same idea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I really don't think that there's like hard evidence that vabbing like definitely works like because of pheromones. Like it's p- people don't really know if humans have the capability of picking up on pheromones anymore. Right. I think that was like something genetically humans like evolved from. But again, like I've vabbed before and it has worked again. It's been a really long time, but I don't know some of the t- testimonials, like as if you want to call it, that I got from some of my like mutuals on TikTok and some other friends was like, "Holy shit!" Okay, what the fuck? Um, moving on from dabbing, it's interesting because in fragrances there are certain fragrances that are mm-hmm. made to smell like the act of sex, or that they're made to have like sweaty notes or body fluid notes. Like no way, yeah. Like cumin is a note that comes up in fragrance all the time. That's often used to zhuzh up a fragrance and make it like smell like sex. What? And yeah, there's a oh fragrance God. by a Tatlib d'Orange called Secretion Magnifique, which uh, famously Ew. comes up on this podcast all the time. Wait, it's, that name is so it's supposed to be a smell of semen. <laughs> Please, so all just these people, some coconut water. Yeah, truly. So it's supposed to be the smell of semen. I think it smells like if you mixed like milk and blood in a cup and like put a little frother in there. I, it makes me Bro, dry no. heave. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. And then there's other no, other fragrances that are actually I think that do smell good that are like sexy, but there's something very dirty and animalic in them. And there's different notes that account for like an animalic note. There's sometimes like musky notes, but cumin is one that like there's a fragrance called Night by the brand Acro. And the perfumer behind that brand, he's been on the podcast, um, Olivier Cresp. He he did Mugler Angel. Like, he's mm-hmm. huge. This fragrance is inspired by sex. And there's a big cumin note in it. So, yes, vabbing is very different than fragrance. One of them is synthetic. One of them is natural. Regardless of your views on vabbing, listeners, there are, there are people 
and there is a market for people who want to wear things that smell like sex in order to be sexy or to feel yeah. good or to feel confident. So there, there's merit to this idea of like smelling like your most natural self because perfumers have done it. And that's a, so interesting. Yeah. There's something to be said there. And with that said, going back to the perfume world and going back to your expertise as a fashion forecaster, I thought something that could be fun would be, so I do scent consultations for, mm -hmm. for people online and the things that people write to me, like, I'm like, thank you for keeping me up to date on like what's going on in the world. Cause I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they request things and I'm like, goes on Tumblr and like goes down around. Like, I don't know these things. So I wrote down some of the different like e-aesthetics. I don't even know if that's what they're called. I just called them e-aesthetics, but you tell me if I'm wrong of just like different requests that I have received. Yeah, sure. And I was hoping that you could talk me through them and we can come up with like what types of scents would be appealing and maybe I can think of some scent recommendations. Yeah. Okay. So I just have a list of several that I've received. The first one in no particular order is Twee. Twee. Okay. I think I got death threats on my Twee video as well. I actually wrote an article um, for the Face magazine in response to some of the criticism from Twee um, because the first iteration like was not very like inclusive um might be like glorifying eds or something like that but i mean it was a video about fucking date zoe deschanel like mm -hmm. i i don't that i didn't see was like warranted um but in support yeah. of her and ag against her or no just, just i i literally just used her as an example and the, that got the internet is yeah. a scary place yeah no it's uh there's some wackadoos, but... Okay, so what is Twee? Twee, okay. So she has blunt bangs. She probably has a bob. She probably has glasses that don't require a prescription. They're just for the aesthetics. Mm -hmm. She's in tall socks. Okay. She has loafers. She's been giving her hairdresser a picture of Zoe Deschanel for the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. She's cute. <laughs> she plays the ukulele. Um, quirky gal. Quirky. Quirky, quirky gal. Okay. So my, my question there... Because I just feel like I finally mastered Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Oh, it's Are, like it's the same. It's I feel like Manic Pixie Dream Girl could be a lot of different aesthetics, but definitely like if that's an umbrella, yeah, Twee could fit. It's in. like a sub. Yes, it could set of mm -hmm. Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Okay, interesting. So, what I when you say that, like where my mind goes for Twee, would be something almost like a fresh rose. I don't know if that feels like off base or like you know. I think I wrote some things down. Um, yeah, like the perfumes I think of would be like Regime de Fleur, Little Flower, which is like Aww. this bottle with like this pearl cap, like pearl ball oh, cap, right? And like little flowers on it. And it's like rose and black currant and it's fresh and it's dewy and sparkling. Mm -hmm. Like that's like kind of like where my brain sort of goes. She would like that. We, we think that's a twee scent? I think so. Like a nice rose. Okay. So the next one that I wrote down would be Soft Girl, Soft Boy. I, um, I don't really know how to describe that. Um, maybe like pastels, cute, a little less um, like dark than twee. Because okay. twee I associate more with like dark colors, like tartans. Um, Jewel tones. Yeah. I think soft girl is like similar to twee, but like more pastel, more lighter colors, mm -hmm. less patterns. Okay. Cutesy. I don't know what soft boy is. I, I don't 
pay attention to menswear. So soft boy was one that I recently was asked about. So I did some research and I looked that one up. And I think that that's like the Timothy Chalamet, Harry Styles, like (laughs) the boy that embraces like almost like their feminine side. Like a pretty boy. Pretty boy. And is like, uh, no, I'm not going to watch football. Like I'm reading this book instead. Mm -hmm. And is very much like, that's what I found on the internet. Is soft girl different than coquette? I think croquet is more specific, yeah. Okay. Okay, so then for soft girl, I wrote down, uh, I feel like this is a coquette scent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on soft girl. Soft boy, what I had written down, one of my favorite indie perfumers, her name is Shabnam Tavakol. She has this fragrance called Nostalgia, by, and her brand is called Kismetal Factive, and it's this very, like, warm, like, Tonka, like leather, suede, like it's somehow cozy and enveloping, but has like a feeling of like cold stone too. And it just feels like kind of, I don't know, there's something about it that's like, feels like someone who's sort of like questioning things. And that's what I think of like the soft boy aesthetic. I love that description. The person who asks why, you know? (gasps) That's a fun description. Yeah. So that's kind of like the first thing I thought. And then, you know, I I have some others that I wrote down too, but I feel like that's like the the most soft boy in my head and soft girl. And maybe I think of something that's sort of like, like a violet iris rose type thing. I recently smelled a fragrance um, by another friend, Marissa Zappas, who has a new fragrance out called La Divina. And that smells kind of like ballet slippers. Oh. And so that's what I thought of for soft girl. Oh, I like that. Okay. That's cute. Tell me if you think I'm off base with any of these. No, I mean, it would help if I had any, knowledge of, or you of could more. tell me like what the type of smell would be and i could be like oh i know a perfect the description like. is like spot on though okay, okay i think good. i think croquette will be like easier okay so like she is is it coquette or croquette i don't know i think maybe you can pronounce it either way okay but not coquette she, she's the opposite of, of it's coquette c-o-q-u-e-t-t-e yes coquette. coquette um she's definitely like a queer femme okay um, she writes poems about her, her girlfriends in her notes app. Love it. She loves a ballet flat. Okay. Um, she loves a little mini skirt. She is, she probably has long hair, I would assume. Um, does really she pretty She says makeup. that she touches her long hair and looks at her mm-hmm. ballet flat. <laughs> she would get freckle tattoos. Freckle she, tattoos. She would okay. go and get freckle tattoos. Okay. And she's been considering getting bangs, but hasn't pulled the trigger. Okay. Does that help at all? Yeah. To me, it's almost like a, it's so soft, it's harsh. Like it's like if soft girl is sort of like muted pastels, this is like, it's not harsh, but it's like intent. It's like sharper. Like it's like maybe more lace, more structure, more yeah. freckles. Like Shears. Yes. I, w- I would say like shears, little hearts, mm-hmm. maybe some novelty. Okay. So are you seeing like a pastel or are you seeing like more of like a hot pink? I would say pale, pale pink, pale white, pink. cream. White Her favorite pink. color is cream. Okay. Definitely. Okay. I think a vintage violet scent, like yeah. I think Guerlain Insolence, which is like kind of smell. It's just like a classic violet scent. That's kind of like where my brain goes for that sort of aesthetic. Yeah. But then when I think of like all the lacy things. Yeah, I think that. I think Guerlain Insolence. What about like that, but with a like dark side? That, that with same dark. vibe with a dark side. Then I would say 
um, another Marissa Zappas scent, Annabelle's birthday cake, Ooh. which to me is like a hot pink scent and feels just like it's inspired by like birthday cake and fairies and your the toys that smelled like strawberries when we were kids. Oh my God. And it's like whimsical, but it's also like strong and it's like gourmand and sweet, but there's something very like girlish and playful about oh. it. That's so nice. I love that. Yeah. I wish That's I should have pulled one. these out so that we could like smell them. But then also this episode would go on for so long. The next one I wrote down is one you just sent to me, which is Indie Sleaze. Yes. That's probably my most successful trend prediction, I would say. And honestly, similar to Vabbing, that took on a life of its own and got picked up with ev- like from everybody, but just less scary in a less scary, in a positive safer way. way. Yes. In a safe way. I got yes. no death threats on that Woo! one. Which is shocking. We love a viral video that doesn't come with a death threat. I know. If it feels like a treat nowadays. <laughs> um, but okay, Indie Sleaze. She's she's a party girl. Okay. A maniac. Okay. She somehow is like always dehydrated, but always has a beverage on hand. Okay. She does not brush her hair, but always looks good and has this like alluring aura to her that everyone wants to be her friend and take her picture interesting what did i what did i write down for my like cursory google searches oh okay for this one i wrote down i wrote down two things two very different directions i wrote down uh molecule one by centric molecules which is like literally the most basic it's just a bottle of uh, one molecule called isoe super and it's like one single note and it's like not like a blended fragrance formula it's just like one note that kind of smells like cedar you're blowing my mind i mean that's so cool but the other one that i wrote down which i think is even better was be delicious and here's my justification (gasps) my justification (sighs) is they are the type of person who got one perfume back in the seventh grade and they worked for them but it wasn't actually the perfume it was them because they're just fucking like magnetic and so they've just been wearing be delicious since seventh grade and they talk about it like it's awesome but anyone who knows perfume is like oh yeah like they're like what perfume do you wear and they're like oh this amazing like be delicious it's so good and you're like you mean the one from like 2003 and they're like yeah yeah that one like they just always had one that worked okay now that i think about it i'm actually really curious what like the original indie sleaze girls were wearing yeah and that definitely has to be one because, you think so i mean think about the the time frame we're working with the original era was around 2006 to 2012 like at mm-hmm. its peak okay and maybe be delicious was like a little bit before then but like you said maybe they like they tried one it's worked and yeah. they didn't venture they weren't they didn't venture out for more i don't even remember like i think i was still wearing like garbage basically or like just what was at the mall in high school for sure yeah so like that checks out i feel okay i love that that's my favorite one i think the accuracy yeah you know very nuanced very nuanced this is the long form conversation we can add that that nuance that you can't get on tiktok no i've never thought about that before because trust me i've had like two dozen interviews about indie sleeves for various like publications and media and that has never come up wow and now i'm like I'm probably gonna think about that for the rest of the week like what was she wearing yeah like what (laughs) perfume or it could be like Victoria's Secret loves but like it's something they didn't put any thought in too but they've always had and it's always been good for them she might have worn Daisy too yes yeah totally totally I so so see that okay (laughs) we have a few more let's do um cottagecore cottagecore is airy flowy 
um, open fields of wheat, wheat. Um, fruit, yeah. cute eyelet prints. Uh, she definitely has tablecloths, okay. too. Okay. And, like, little placemats for different occasions. Always has, like, a cute blanket for the picnic. Got it. So for this one, I think you mentioned wheat. Like, I think something bready. I think, oh yeah, like there's a fragrance called Lost Alice that's inspired by the Mad Hatter's Tea Party, and <gasps> it's like, it's got like bready type notes in there. It's got like rice notes, and I mm. might be speaking out of my ass. I have to look up the exact notes, but it's it feels like the Tea Party like biscuit and all. And there's that's another, so yeah, there's another one by Serge Luton's called Jeu de Pau, which is also like bread inspired. That to me is, is cottagecore. I love that. I think a cottage core, cottage core girly would love that too. Okay. This is uh, your validation means everything to me. That's We're so going to do one more. I have a few more, but this is one that I want to end on. Cause this one is like funny to me because I, it's come up more than I would think. Goblin core. Yeah. I think I hate the name. First of all, like I think it's so stupid. And to me, it's just like, it's maximalism. Okay. Re like really like, and I don't even understand like how, and I work in trends like I don't get the goblin core thing like what is it what is the what is the outfit? it's like a darker maximalism with like some novelty but w like weird almost I I see some inspiration from like Japanese fruits magazine I don't know um, or is it like hot topicy? sort of like it's it's darker and has like a novelty sort of like feel to it yeah but again like when I look at it, I'm like, this is just like a version of sort of like darker maximalism. Like mm. I, I really hate the name. Like I refuse to acknowledge that people are like categorizing things as goblin core. Well, I just I picture someone being like, I'm a goblin. Yeah. But like, I feel like people who dress that way probably hate it even more. Yeah. Or like I cannot believe my aesthetic is called goblin core. Sometimes things like are taken too far. Even like, I think coastal grandmother has been taken too far because yeah. it's just like literally this is just like what people in New England have been wearing since we were kids. Like and now they're grandmothers and so they're coastal grandmothers. But it's just like yeah. casual right preppy. Like yeah. It, yeah. like I can't believe that it's like been such a thing and like needs its own category yeah but that's how i feel about goblin core it's like embarrassing that that name exists well i think that's the craziest thing about tiktok is like someone can put a name to something that someone hasn't coined before and then it gets its own little corner on the internet yeah. so like one person said coastal grandmother and it i don't know who the originator was but then it became a whole category yeah we know that 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 happened on tiktok no, I'm speaking oh, out of my okay. ass, but I assume that a person was like, yeah. we never talk about the coastal grandmother aesthetic. And then that's how it unearthed, you yeah, know, it to, happened. To be honest, I can't really talk because like I've done that You've too. Done that. And I'm sure it's annoyed people to no end. Yeah. But like for, for some reason, those, those two specifically bug the shit out of me. I have an unpublished essay Publish. about my feel. I, I might actually, um, like this is your sign to publish that essay. Yeah. But there's just like, sorry to go off topic, but there's just like this trend of naming trends and just putting like something core, yeah. something aesthetic. Like, right. And it really just like, when will it end? Right. And also, are we contributing to that? Because as content yeah. creators forecasting oh, yeah. no, fashion I, and I fragrance totally, trends. So. I totally do. I just, it's the lack of imagination that really bothers me. Like call it something. 
Yeah. Besides goblin core, what the fuck? What would you call like, goblin core? I, I don't even know. Like, yeah. not that though. Interesting. Okay, should I even give it a perfume? Yeah, then? you should. You should. Okay. Maximalist. And I'm just thinking of like a goblin in the woods, but like good and not trying to offend the non goblin goblin cores. Maybe I would pick another acro fragrance and I would pick acro dark, which is like this like mossy but like chocolatey smell. Ooh. And it's like feels like deep in the woods for for the goblins out there. But it also is like sexy and sweet and like and just has layers. What about like that vibe but like naughtier? Like mischievous. Okay. Sexy, mischievous. I mean, that one is a good sexy, mischievous fragrance. There's like something very like dark and sexy about it but I think maybe something there's one that I smelled recently uh that's by a brand called Anishio and it's called Absolute Aphrodisiac which you know there's that name but it's very gourmandy very sweet very vanilla but then it has like animalic notes in it like I have don't quote Mm. me on it it might be civet which is like you know like a type of animal or it might be like I feel like there was something like a beaver note and oh, like interesting. there's like animalic, truly animalistic notes in there that mix with all these like sweet notes, which to me is like a very like high key in your face, sexy type yeah. thing. That's freaky. Freaky, but there's a market for it, you yeah. know, and it smells good. Like I, I, I've smelled it. It's good. Um, okay. Before we get to the final segment of the show, just out of curiosity, which of these aesthetics that we talked about do you identify with most? Or do you have, is there a separate one we didn't get to? Um, I mean, Indie Sleaze is like my baby. Yeah. Um, you invented her. It was, I, I didn't invent her. You didn't? I did not. Oh. Um, no, I did like the name had already like oh, okay. existed, but my video definitely made it a thing yeah. and I'm so proud of Olivia who runs at Indie Sleaze on IG mm-hmm. because her account went from like maybe like 800 followers now it's almost at 100k amazing and she deserves it like she came up with the name oh cool okay. um so I'm really proud of her and happy to have like I don't know been a part of that but Indie Sleaze like definitely propelled my career um and I think it just makes people happy like to remember that time because like our world is like falling apart and like it's really hard to be like optimistic and I feel like at least where my life was when I was like a little like party girl like obsessed with music and just like not showering in my early 20s was so fun and like free and like a lack of judgment and like there was so much optimism so I don't necessarily dress or identify with her anymore but like I think they're you know one of my happiest times of my life was when I was that girl yeah um okay final segment of the show is rapid fire scent association Mm, what's that smell I'm gonna throw out different emotions places people and you just tell me the first smell that comes to mind it can be abstract too like it doesn't have to be like an actual like perfume or something okay 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 I ready to play what's that smell yeah what is the smell of uh Rhode Island there's like a blue replica fragrance that's like aquatic or something. I, yeah, I, I can like visualize. I don't know the name though. When I think about Rhode Island, I think of the farm mm-hmm. that my grandparents have that I basically grew up on, which smells like manure. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, like the quintessential Rhode Island, I would say something sort of like nautical and breezy. Oh, I love that. 
Okay, what is the smell of New York City? Trash. What is the smell? Not really, but Mm, maybe like concrete. Like probably what Kim Kardashian's house smells like. Like concrete. Okay. That's very flattering. With no candles. Yeah. What is the smell of love? Amorous femme. Oh, oh yeah. That's a good one. What is the smell of old loser in Brooklyn? Um, hmm. I think probably old loser in Brooklyn would be more like jazz club by the fireplace, okay. sort of like smoky, um, like musky sort of mm-hmm. maybe more masculine leaning sense because my partner and I share them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say that because I think my like online persona, I'm again, very private yeah, and maybe a little mysterious by, but still being, I mean, I'm public anyway. Yeah. So maybe along, that's kind of like my train of thought. Okay. The final question. What is the smell of Mandy Lee? I would say it's like a combination of maybe under the lemon trees because I really like the like lemony scents um and my like real personality or like I guess in real life is more like upbeat and um like silly and more fun and talkative than I am on TikTok and I I do want to make a point where it's not like I'm pretending to be someone else I just strip away so much of my personality for like boundaries and because I talk about fashion like it's not really about me as a person um but I think like in real life I have a more like a brighter scent than I would online interesting does that make sense yeah totally it's a different abstract yeah Yeah. no I totally get it okay okay well it's been such a joy to talk to you for people listening um where can they find you I'm old loser in Brooklyn on IG and TikTok and also on Substack my um Substack is called Cyclical by Old Loser in Brooklyn, and I'm restarting her after a little hiatus very soon. Lovely. Thank you so awesome. much for your time. This is Thank so fun. Thank you. Thanks, Yay. Emma. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon, and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 